1: the day before Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays and thank you for joining me. I have got the perfect guest as we celebrate the season and count the hours down to Christmas, especially if you're getting into the spirit by listening to the classic Christmas songs we all grew up singing in church and, of course, listening to the radio. My friend Raymond Arroyo has a very impressive album called Christmas Merry and Bright, and he's been really busy playing shows across the country with really amazing guests along the way. So I thought it would be perfect to talk to Raymond about how he put this holiday extravaganza together, the background of the music he covers... And his journey of how he got to Fox News. It's quite fascinating. You can also see Raymond and I on Fox Nation's Great Christmas Challenge, which I promise will not disappoint. A great program to watch during this holiday season. So please welcome my good friend, Raymond Arroyo, on the Janice Dean
0: podcast.
1: Raymond Arroyo, you made the Dean's List.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is a thrill, Janice Dean. Thank you for having me.
1: So I've wanted you on the podcast for a while now, but then when I found out that you have an album of Christmas songs, I thought, is there anything this man can't do?
0: Well, maybe there are a few things he shouldn't do, but uh, (laughs) but (laughs) like dancing and cooking, Janice. Those are things I should never do. But uh, this was fun. You know, uh, uh, this came out of on my annual Christmas special on EWT, and I have a show there, I have sung with Andy Williams and Johnny Mathis and uh, my friend Aaron Neville. But this was just, you know, one-offs at the end of the show. It's like a throwaway. But a record producer approached me and said, would you consider doing an album of all Christmas songs? And at first I thought she was joking. But I said, all right, well, let me look at it. And see what we might do differently. And in my distant past, Janice, twenty-five years ago, I did musicals. I was trained as an actor. I've heard
1: Tom Shalou yes. filled me in.
0: Oh, don't don't let don't believe everything Tom tells you. <laughs> but uh, in fact, one of the Fox Nation, do you know the Fox Nation executives, um, uh, Sean McCord? Yes, who, who did the Christmas? The,
1: sp- yep,
0: he did the Christmas showdown for us, and he does American Built and all this stuff. I actually cast Sean McCourt in a play and directed him in a play like 30 years ago. Holy moly. it all comes around. It's It's full circle. Yeah. But I so I, you know, I did a deep dive into so many of these Christmas songs. I pulled them like text, Janice, and I just um, figured out what's the dramatic movement here of these songs and what don't we know about them? Hmm. And when you look at the context, when they were written, why they were written, the time period and who wrote them. The whole song starts to shift on you. So I got together with Kevin Koska, one of the great arrangers in, in Hollywood. He did uh, The Greatest Showman and Jungle Book and Lion King. He came in and did 12 beautiful arrangements for me, big band, classic arrangements. And uh, we sort of reframed these Christmas songs in my conception as they were originally intended to be conveyed.
1: Well, give me an example.
0: Okay, I'll give you a a glaring example and then a a, a profane and then a sacred one. Okay. Uh, Jingle bells. We know jingle bells. You've heard it a million and one times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize Jingle bells was written by James Lord Pierpont. Pierpont is the uncle of J.P. Morgan, the great banker. Um, It turns out James Lord Pierpont was something of a womanizer, and he loved to sit in a tavern in Medford, Massachusetts. That is where he wrote the song One Horse Upon Sleigh. And he wrote it because down the middle of Main Street in Medford, when it would snow, they would have drag races in the snow. And Medford, Massachusetts, at that time, at the turn of the century, was known for one thing, rum production. So when you break the song down and when you look at the lyrics and consider who this guy was and that the song was written in a tavern, you quickly realize this is a drag racing, girl chasing, drinking song. (laughs) And it is, Janice. And people say, oh, come on, you're making that up. My wife says I'm ruining Christmas for everybody. I'm not. When you look at the third verse, the third verse is now the field is white. Go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. I mean it's all about getting girls alone in the snow in your sleigh and drinking <laughs> rum.
1: And it was but, so innocent so before I talked to randy. you.
0: I know. It it kind of dirties it up a little bit. But it, it's fun. It's all good fun. <laughs> okay. But it you know it what we did was kind of lean into the um uh the seductive kind of fun really? Randy nature of the song. And it, it did give it a different bounce.
1: So you like you tailored your singing capabilities to sort of that dirty rum drinking event?
0: <laughs> well, you, you, for look, when you're singing with 20 pieces, Janice, you just breathe deeply and hold on for dear life. I mean, the <laughs> rhythm of that song, it's so propulsive. It kind of builds. It's almost like a um, it's like Count Basie meets Louis Prima. It's kind of a mad frenetic build. And then it explodes at the end. You, so you just have to sort of uh, I equate it to surfing. You grab the surfboard, that wave's coming, you jump on it. Sometimes it's really high, sometimes it's crashing over you. You just have to keep riding it and stay on the board. That's your job as a singer. And uh, it turned out well. It's a fun, people love it and they love it live. It's a It's a very different experience performing it live.
1: Okay, give me an- another example.
0: Okay. Um. Another is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, a song, yes. you know, I took for granted. I had never heard the lyrics, Janice. And part of w- why I wanted to do this album, why we called it Christmas Merry and Bright, is because I think the times are so dark right now. Mm. We, need, we need that light. We need a little hope and inspiration. And what I discovered in so many of these songs is that they're actually beautifully rendered and written. Um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing was written by Wesley, the founder of Methodism. You know, the he was a he was a, a deacon in the church at the time. Um and when he wrote it, it's a it's an expression of deep faith. And there's a line in it that's almost Shakespearean that I'd never heard. And I guess because we've heard generations of choirs kind of flatten these songs, you don't you don't quite listen to them anymore. You just hear the ah. mm-hmm. you just hear the Hark the Herald Angels sing medley and le- melody and let it go. Um, there's a great line. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, behold the incarnate deity. And when I heard the kind of majesty of that song, the dynamic, uh, it's really a cry of excitement and a burst of joy that God has come among us. And the thrill of that is what I think he was trying to capture. So we arranged it uh, in a way that is dynamic and propulsive and explosive. And you hear all of those lyrics for the first time. Um, But... That guy, Wesley, it, the, the song was originally rewritten by a friend of his. Uh, the original lyric was something like, uh, oh, oh, how all the welkin rings, not and they changed it to "Hark, the herald angels sing, oh. much better fix. But he hated the revision. Meanwhile, 100 years later, they attached the poem to a mel- melody by um, a German composer. And that German composer left in his will one condition— concerning his music. It was never to be used for religious purposes. And it was. So you had a a lyricist who didn't really like his lyrics being changed and a composer who would never have approved of the song turning out this way. And yet their greatest creation is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's almost
1: like you need a book
0: to accompany this CD, this album. Yeah, it. I, I was. I was kind of amazed by some of this. You know, like Christmas time is here. You know that beautiful song. Mm-hmm. It opens the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. We've heard it our whole lives. That was a song that almost wasn't. Um, Lee Mendelssohn, the producer of that tune, of uh, the producer of the special, hired Vince Garaldi, the jazz uh, musician. Yes, he was told he was very the kind of a, a marginal figure. He had one hit, um, and Guaraldi had that one hit. Mendelssohn heard it on the radio. Ah, uh, Lee Mendelssohn went to him, asked him to compose music, and he composed incidental music. But when M- Lee heard this little snatch of music, um, Christmas, which became Christmas time is here, he said it really should have lyrics, and he couldn't find anybody to write them. So Lee Mendelssohn went home and sat at his kitchen table and wrote those lyrics out, and they recorded it the next week and slipped it into the special one week before it aired. Oh. And that's where Christmas time is here came from. CBS hated it. They hated the special, they hated the animation, they hated the religious message at the end, and they mostly hated Vince Guaraldi's jazz score, all of which have become classics today and all due to Lee Mendelssohn, a producer. A good producer can save everything. That's the, the story there, Janice. Hmm.
1: And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this
2: pull up a chair and join me rachel campos duffy and me former u.s congressman sean
1: duffy as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across america
0: download from the kitchen table the duffy's at Foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts
1: what are some of your favorites to sing
0: oh my god well christmas time is here i have to tell you i love singing that live it's such a melancholy sweet song and the way we do it is fun um Joy to the World is fun. Not a Christmas song, though. Uh, We sing it every Christmas, but it's actually a resurrection song. They wrote it about the second coming of Jesus, not the first. (laughs) Oh, wow. um, Yeah. And they stole the, you know, they stole the, the melody from Handel. So it's interesting. A lot of these classic Christmas carols, they were kind of pirated music. Um, you know, after things fell into you know public domain, they kind mm-hmm. of attached the the a, a great melody to a, a poem that already existed and created something new. I'll tell you something so great though. Deck, I open the show with Deck the Halls. The album opens with Deck the Halls, um, because I think it's the classic Christmas carol. It's the one everybody kind of knows. It's the one that I think's been around probably the longest. Um, and Deck the Halls uh is is not a Christmas song though either. Uh it and Joy to the world um are not. Deck the Halls is actually a New Year's Eve song. And the original lyrics, which I discovered, well this is a family show, so I really can't tell them, but um it opens with something, Oh how soft my fair ones body parts. And um that's the open of the tune. They changed what? it to Deck the Halls. Oh, it's a Stop. much better fix. Oh, yeah. It was about rolling around in clover with, a, with you know, a girl on no! New Year's Eve celebrating New Year's Eve. That's what Deck the Halls is about. The third verse they actually <laughs> kept pretty much intact, which is fast away. The old year passes, you know, hail the new ye lads and lasses. OK, that's the, so I'm sorry to I <laughs> mean, shine new light on these songs. Who spots. knew? who knew well they do you know again songs evolve and so they rewrote the lyrics they kind of gave it a little uh yuletide edge but um it really is still about the end of the year but i love it it's a great way to to open a show it's a it's and my favorite line and really the conceit of the whole show and the album is um Join, we, join me now in merry measure while I sing of yuletide treasures. All of these songs, Janice, they really are like little treasures. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about Christmas music, and it kind of makes me tear up, um, these are songs our great-grandparents sang. We're singing today, and our children's children will sing tomorrow. There is no other genre of music that has that power they're almost like prayers they put you in the past the present and the future right now hmm. in in this moment and um so they're almost they're, they're sacred things to me they're precious and i think it's important to rediscover them lean into them deeply and uh, and find the joy in them mm-hmm. and pass them on to the next generation. So that was part of why we wanted to do the album. Of course, um, Jose Feliciano joins me on the album. Amazing. He's also in Nashville with me on the 21st of December. Um, and that was a cool, you know, I, I went to Jose because I interviewed him years before and learned something about Feliz Navidad and said, I really think we should redo this song. And uh, it was kind of cool. You I, told I, and, him and he you wanted to, to
1: redo it?
0: it? Well, he... At first, I have to tell you, he kind of pushed back a little bit. Okay, But I said, Jose, I am restoring these songs to what I think their original conception is. And you told me years ago, you wrote Feliz Navidad under duress. He had 10 minutes to write a Christmas song. He wrote Feliz Navidad in 10 minutes, Janice. How'd you like those royalties? That's the best 10 minutes of his life. Amazing. Um, But he, he said, in my head, I was seeing my brothers and my mom and dad and I celebrating Christmas on the shores of Puerto Rico. Mm. We would drink rum, we would beat on little instruments and sing Spanish carols outside. And I said, Jose, I've heard that, that song millions of times. That is never the visual or musical image I've gotten in my head. Can we can we reorchestrate it and do it in a very gentle Bossa Nova style mm. where we come in and you can feel the palm tree swaying and the warmth of the, the, the fire burning in front of us? And he agreed to do it. And and not only that, he joined me on the album and accompanies and sings with me. So it's like two brothers singing on the shores of Puerto Rico. It's a lot of fun. That's amazing. Tender rendition.
1: I mean, and kudos to you for having the guts to be able to do that. I mean, that's, you know, you must be sure of yourself to be able to go to a a songwriter like him who wrote the song and say, hey, like, I think we should, you know, do something with this a little bit different. You know, that's
0: good for you. Well, he was, you know, and it, look, it's the mark of a great artist to be willing to look again. And and I mean, Jose's song, Feliz Navidad, by the way, Janice, is the number one downloaded and played and streamed song of Christmas just this week. So uh, he he certainly didn't need me to revive his song, but it was amazing that he was willing to go and look at it anew and say, OK, maybe there's something here. And he came, not only did he agree to do it, you know, normally people agree to do it, but they go to their home studio and they send you a track Mm -hmm. and you sing around it. That is not what happened here. He flew into New Orleans, joined the band and I on, you know, in a little in a little sound studio. And uh, we recorded it together, all of us in the room. And, you know, when it it was hours and hours, we did about two hours of going through Feliz Navidad and different iterations of it um, until we found it. So I, I give him. Such high marks he's a he's a great man. Music just pours out of somebody like that. Wow he's incredible.
1: what are incredible. other other artists that you've sang with that you know, when you think about great people, I mean, what comes no. to mind?
0: Christmas, I mean, Christmas is there are uh, uh, you know, the, my kids always get upset with me because I'll go into the mall, Janice, and I start crying when I walk into the mall. and like, what is going on with you? You know, are you have a midlife crisis? What's happening? <laughs> But what's often happening is I walk in and I hear, you know, my pal Andy Williams, or I hear Akili uh, Smith, or or Sinatra, whom I saw like thirty times in concert, and and I knew them, you know, I met I met these people, I interviewed them, I knew them, uh, some of them were friends. Uh, to hear their voices every year mm. uh, for a month or so while you're walking around, it is a warm, beautiful, nostalgic, and touching thing for me. So. Uh, look, I think there are about four or five amazing, iconic voices of Christmas: um, Johnny Mathis, mm-hmm. Andy Williams, um, Sinatra, Nat King Cole. My gosh, how can you escape Nat? Um, Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, and when you hear those voices, it just—it—it—it's it, so classic American, too, Jamis. And that's what I wanted this album to be. You know, it's—it's it's a very American take on these on these carols and these songs because I love that classic sound and that, that feel, um, it warms you and Mm -hmm. it reminds you of what, um, what the season is about and, uh, and who we are and were as an American people.
1: Well, I feel like music brings us together. And you mentioned that earlier that we need it now more than ever. And I think that there is just something magical about music, uh, because it doesn't matter who you voted for. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it, it just goes away, you know, and you're all singing together.
0: Right. No, no, it's joy it's joyous. It's joyous. And we, we are so starved for joy. I had so many people, we were in Dallas a few weeks ago, and uh, afterwards some of the folks stayed, you know, came back to see us. And um they were so they were beaming Janice. Mm. I mean beaming. And um and I said, Did you enjoy the show? And they said we feel so light. One of the ladies said, I feel so light. Mm. I said, what do you mean? She said it was just, she said, I smiled for two hours. You know, I laughed for two hours. Um, You're right. There's something about music. And I think it's so important for families to do things together, Janice. There's so few things for you to do together. Look, now they're, they're trying to take tree lighting ceremonies away and menorah lighting ceremonies away. Public spaces are jammed and horrible. Um, There are a few things for families to make memories together. And that's why I really wanted to take the show on the road. And I see that um, that part really worked they 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 get swept up in the joy of it, you can't help but but jump around and tap your toes. The band is incredible, I mean, you know, I bring the band with me, so yeah, the, the just the dynamism of a big band is so spectacular, and you know to be able to be kind of the the ringmaster of all of this and r- go along for the ride is just for me incredible and and uh, uh, it's the own gift that's my gift watching people just um have their spirits lifted, have their spirits brightened.
1: Did you come from a musical family?
0: No, Janice. That's the weird thing. No, uh, but I, I did go. I, I grew up in New Orleans. I still live in New Orleans, and I went to a high school of performing arts here. And the theater program that I went to was just above the jazz program. And in the afternoons, we would go down and hear and, and sit there and watch some of the jazz classes. And and Ellis Marcellus ran the jazz, you know, uh, vertical. Uh, Of course, the patriarch of the Marcellus family, Winton and and, and, uh, uh, Delphio and all the great Marcellus guys, they're so musical. So when you bathe in that kind of culture, you know, and my family knew Sam Butera, who was uh, Louis Prima's arranger and player. Um, You know, I knew Keeley Smith and, and saw Sinatra so often, met him when I was 18. Um, so i was I was always musically inclined and musically adjacent, but I was not in a musical family. I still don't play any instrument. I barely read music, but, um, uh, you know, the instincts are kind of okay. they get me through.
1: When did you know you could sing?
0: Um, oh gosh, probably back in high school. Hmm. yeah, yeah, I was asked to do a mu- audition for a musical, and I did and got in, and that was it. yeah, yeah, so I, I mean. I, I have been singing my whole life. Now, I, I will tell you, when I heard I was doing this album, Janice, I didn't just jump up and get behind the mic. I went back to vocal training, which I hadn't done in 25 years. Mm. Because, you know, doing what we do, you don't have to have that capacity of, you know, breath. Because you don't have those long phrases. But, when, you know, when I was acting, when I was singing, you, you do need that kind of well of breath to carry you from one phrase into the next phrase, into the next. Um, and And so getting in touch with that took, a couple of, you know, months. But we found it. It's like getting back on the bike. And then it's it's about timing. You know, you you kind of just pace yourself and find where do I breathe here? How do I accommodate this phrase? Get out of the way. The band's coming. (laughs) Sinatra used to say singing with a band is like dodging thunderclaps. I agree.
1: (laughs) And you've got books, too. You write children's books. I mean, I'm Mm. I'm in awe of everything that you do it's kind of oh, yeah
2: but it's great Janice though Bean, we
0: have all of your froggy books don't Aww, lie to me. You have you're Freddy? an amazing writer you you shouldn't ever be in awe of me i've seen your output and you know I'll, I'll tell you something if i can brag on you for a second one of the things i love about you in the mornings you bring such uh joy you bring joy and you bring happiness when you appear and i know it's not always easy because, um, you know, particularly what you endured during COVID and, and, and you know, we all have our personal crosses, but you never see that when you're on air. You are a burst of joy in the morning and you lift so many hearts. So uh, I, I've i always been in awe of that. Oh,
1: well, I feel the same about you. I mean, your relationship with Laura is very, it's it's wonderful to see you guys because, you know, she sometimes mm-hmm. has a very serious show, but it's almost like a breath yes. of fresh air when you come on. I think that's a really- unique thing that you bring uh, um and how do you guys how did you guys meet
0: you know i well you mentioned the books i wrote a book i wrote a biography of of uh, mother angelica many many years ago um now gosh 2005 i think and um i was invited to go on laura's radio show so we met on the radio hmm. and i went into studio i did the segment it went really well she said can you stay for another block i said sure and then she said well you want to stay till the top of the hour and we'll do you know we can talk about some other topics i said okay i mean that relationship that kind of brother sister thing i mean she calls us the evil donnie and marie that's probably right <laughs> um we but we you know we we've always had that that kind of um uh wise and playful uh relationship with each other where uh, I, I'm I'm unafraid to kind of poke her and she's unafraid to poke yes. me back. We make fun of each other. We have a good time. But it, it brings something out in both of us and you can't fake that. That's either there or not. And you know, Janice, there are a lot of people, there are times when you kind of have to fake it. Um, our relationship and that chemistry was there really from the beginning. And um, yeah, we just, I, I, I started popping into a radio show regularly and then, um, you know, I, I had a standing spot in it. And then you know, actually many, many years ago, uh Laura did a summer replacement before Glenn Beck. We were the original five uh she did a thing called Just in, and uh it was a it was a fun show for about three weeks, and Roger Ailes wanted us to continue, but we had just had a new daughter and and Laura had adopted her first baby, and the timing just didn't work out hmm. and lo, all these years later, here we are, you know so. Things I think Providence, you know, makes space for what's supposed to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned your family. What are you guys going to be up to at
0: Christmas? Oh my gosh! Well, I got to get through the Ryman date on the twenty first of December first. Wow, but, uh, that's
1: <laughs> a big deal.
0: That's amazing. No, I'm 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 so excited. Jose Feliciano's coming with me and you know the Ryman is such a um historic iconic house. I mean the Mother Church of Music, uh, the 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 original Grand Old Opry. I mean we were at the new Opry for the Patriot Awards recently, but that that Ryman is something special. Um so we're going there on the 21st and after that I'm coming back home to New Orleans and we're just going to chill and relax um together. My son's getting married in April and um, he's bringing his fiance with him and all the kids will be back home. So I'm looking forward to just relaxing and for once, not singing that week, Janice. <laughs> I think my wife, that's the thing she keeps saying. I can't wait for Christmas to be over. So you'll <laughs> stop singing these darn songs <laughs> and get, get, get in a loop. Cause I do sing them all the time. I've been singing them since June. I mean, the poor woman, you know, <laughs> she gets a special gold star. So
1: Christmas. then the, do the songs get packed away until the next year or is there going to be a, a, a volume two?
0: Well, I have to tell you, Janice, I don't ever really pack Christmas songs away. All my kids think I'm nuts. I listen to Christmas music all year round.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, I pop it in and out. So I really do love this music. I do. It's uh, to me, it's just, you know, it's heartfelt. It's sweet and heartfelt and innocent and true. And it points to something that is that gives real hope. Um and I, and I, it always lifts my spirit. So I always have it in the playlist. I mean, I'll listen to Frank and Ella. I mean, you get in my car, it's like a time machine. You know, I got Sammy Davis and Teen Martin and, um, and then popping in, you know, interspersed our Christmas songs. So I love Christmas music. I never really put them away. And yeah, we have been approached to do a second album because this album, amazingly Christmas, Mary and Brighton, you can go to the website, Raymond Arroyo, com. There's a trailer there of the making of the album, the tour stuff is all there, um, but Janice, what I, what I discovered is um, people, I think, are hungry for something classic mm-hmm. at Christmas. And the album, it hit Billboard's holiday and jazz charts at the top of those charts. And then we have been the number one best-selling jazz recording on Amazon for two months straight and at Barnes & Noble. I mean, it's been incredible. Wow. So, to even be in the company of, like, Ella Fitzgerald and, and Sinatra, I mean, to see those people there, I mean, it just give, brings tears to my eyes. Just mm. being in, on that list, forget, you know, ranking on it. Um, but I think that's what it is. People are starved for something classic um, that doesn't demean or diminish these songs. Look, a lot of times these these, these Christmas songs are rendered with just rhythm. You know, they they, they lay a, a beat track over them and they just kind of sing along. No, we sing them. We sing the song itself and serve the song. And I think you have to do that. And the great singers did that. The memorable ones anyway.
1: What's on your bucket list? Is there something that you haven't done? Mm,
0: I don't know. Um. This was certainly uh, on my bucket list, but I didn't know it. You know, I thought I'd put this this part of myself kind of in the trunk and packed it away, Janice. You know, I never thought I'd sing, certainly not professionally, publicly. Wow. Um, but it's been great. I mean, it's been an amazing experience because, you know, when you sing, look, when we talk, and I, I love that, you know, we can we can give people a little um, levity in the evenings and on, on air and and give them something to think about, a new perspective on things, and that's great. Um, but when you sing, you are giving people a little bit of your heart. It's mm-hmm. actually very vulnerable and personal um, in a way that, you know, w- w- what I do day in and day out is not. You know, you kind of plan that and script that and it's fun and, it, and it's a part of you, but it's not it's not a big part of you. Um, when you when you sing and dig deep into these songs, particularly in front of an audience, um, it does it's it's revealing and you and you're like, oh, wow. I'd forgotten about this. You know, I'd forgotten what this felt like. Um, so, th- look, that's been a great gift and blessing for me this year, just to sort of rediscover that. And um, and, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's something I'd, I'd like to continue doing. I don't know if I'd want to do it full time because it is grueling. I mean, I have nothing but the greatest respect for people who hit the road and just, you know, j- just do week after week after week or just grinding it out on the road. I don't know how you do that. Mm-hmm. That's That's hard work. It really is, particularly for the, you know, if you're a singer.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. I'm so impressed. Uh, you know, we had a fun time at the Christmas challenge. Was it the Christmas challenge <laughs> this year? I that it was yeah, called showdown showdown. Called that's right.
0: Showdown. I thought it was a throwdown.
1: <laughs> you and Fela or was it pyro?
0: Mm-mm. No, no, it was. It was a, a pyro. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I okay. Pyro And I if you been. haven't
1: seen it yet, I highly recommend Uh, watching the Christmas showdown because it's so much fun. And I talked to Jimmy Fallon about it. You know, we get this email in August where it's like, Oh, Oh, I just, Oh, I have so much to do. It's not even Christmas. And how are we going to do this? And you get here and the, the halls are decked in Christmas decorations. And then you see your friends and you have a great time. And it really was so much fun. Um,
0: you know, well, I... And Janice Dean is like decked out. She's a walking holiday. We just have to say that. If you haven't seen the outfit, you must go to Fox Nation and see it. And spoiler alert, the only reason Janice Dean is pushing this is because, well, I won't tell you who wins, but you can guess at this point.
1: <laughs> well, now you know. I've done it two years in a row. So you'll come back well versed. And, I, you know, maybe you and I will be on the same team next year and we'll just. like I hope
0: so. We'll kill. I him. hope you brought. Look. I never I was so impressed. Not only does Janice Dean come with like prepared remarks, <laughs> I mean, with jokes and everything. She brought props. Oh, yeah. Props. It, like, it would be devastating in a courtroom. Don't let her <laughs> near a courtroom. <laughs> let me just say, oh,
1: Raymond, you're such a the props. You're a delight. So how can people get information if they want to go? See, how are you? How long are you touring for up until Christmas? Well, I'm,
0: I'm doing uh, on the 21st of December. Ryman Auditorium. As the Southerners say, Raymond at the Ramen. So uh, I'm going to be at the Ryman Auditorium on the 21st with Jose Feliciano and the band and some special guests. Uh, You can go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com and information about, you know, the album is there. But you can find the album on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music. It's there.
1: I'm so proud of you. Good for you.
0: Thank you, Janice. It's fun. It's been a joy. And again, an unexpected um, treat for me you know it like i said it kind of uncorked something i hadn't thought about or or really utilized in a long time
1: well that in uh, itself nice. is a good lesson you know that we you bet. we're never too old to pick something up again
0: yes that that is the lesson it's never too late and um and 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 the timing might be right now when it wasn't then Mm. so you have to kind of embrace it and run at it when it comes at you
1: Yep, absolutely raymond it's been a pleasure merry christmas to you uh let me know when you're in new york again and um and i'm going to be listening to your christmas album
0: oh thank you well go go make merry and deck your holes and uh and (laughs) thank you for having me on merry christmas to you and to everybody listening and i'll see you in new york soon
1: sounds good thank you my friend
0: thank you janice
1: Thank you, Raymond, for spending some time with us this Christmas Eve. If you have not downloaded or listening to his album, Christmas, Merry and Bright, I highly recommend it. And I knew Raymond was talented, but I'm even more impressed listening to him sing. Coming up, a bonus Dean's List recipient who helped decorate a veteran's house in red, white and blue. A few weeks ago, my sister-in-law, Donna, texted me and said she had a person who should make this week's Dean's List. She had heard about a man named Mickey that for the first time in his life couldn't manage to put up the Christmas decorations because of his bad back. They couldn't afford to hire someone professionally, and they were looking to see if Donna knew of anyone that might lend them a hand. So Donna reached out to our mutual friend, Jennifer Harrison, who does a lot of advocacy and charity work within her community, and she knew the guy to call. Sean Henderson has been installing Christmas decorations and lights for decades as a day job, but on the side, he's been helping the less fortunate with an event called Christmas Magic. You're going to love this story, so please welcome Jennifer Harrison and Sean Henderson to the Janice Dean Podcast. Jennifer and Sean, how do you know each other? Uh, Jennifer, you tell me the story.
2: Um, Sean and I actually went to school together, and we still live in the same community that we grew up in. Uh, through my advocacy, I've become partners with many different organizations and fabulous people. And Sean and I uh, reconnected after a while and um, learned of some of the things that we were doing and started collaborating.
1: So I told the story about how Donna, my sister-in-law, called you, Jennifer, because she needed some assistance uh, with a World War II vet, 93 years old, and he couldn't put his decorations up this year. Uh, And she was looking for somebody that might be able to help. And you were like, I've got
2: the guy. I Yes, I have the guy. Sean is always the go-to guy whenever anybody needs help in these kinds of situations. Aww.
1: Sean, tell me what you did for this wonderful man, first of all.
3: Um, well, I really didn't do nothing except send my wonderful team of guys out there to decorate his house red, white and blue.
1: Mm. But something like that is really important. I know you say that it wasn't a big deal, but for him and his wife... Uh, and for Donna, my sister-in-law. Yeah, she, they I mean, really
3: enjoyed it. Yes. Um, she, the, the, my guys were like, they were overwhelmed. They were uh, so happy. And that's what changes their look at Christmas and giving and being a good person. Yes. So I love these it's stories. It's really important to us. Yeah, I, I love doing it. And now they're seeing how I enjoy doing it. And now they're being more prone to donate their time to help me with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. and they they see how much joy it brings to people like that family was so happy so and I was it was an honor to do it for the man because he served our country but that's the least i could do is put up his christmas lights
1: yeah but you know what it's it's a special person because donna said she called you and it was like nothing it, you didn't even think about it even though you are busy with you know a a job that you do every day this is your busy season in, installing christmas lights across uh, the state And you just were like, yeah, I'll make time. I'll make sure that I have guys to do that for them. And you went out there yourself.
3: Yeah, the big thing is, you know, Jen always helps me out with a lot of things. And if she calls me, I want to make it happen. So she she has a lot to do with it. Um, We both collaborate, like she said, with a lot of great things and positive things. Things that better the community, better younger kids and adults, to growing to be better people and protecting people like she does with her victim Advocacy organization and everything that she does and I do, it's really a great thing. And of course, we have a lot of people underneath us that really make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Jen, what is it about Sean that makes him so special?
2: I think he really just, he's so humble, as you can tell. And I really think that he just doesn't give himself enough credit. I actually might start crying when I think about All of the lives that he's touched, Um, you know, a a couple of years ago, we had a mutual friend whose son was dying of cancer and loved fireworks. Sean was able to actually get permits and put on a firework show in front of this kid's house, which was one of his last and magical memories. Um, The things that he he does are are just unbelievable what he can get accomplished and the lives that he touches and and the joy that he spreads. And like, like he said, it's kind of infectious and contagious because then... Other people get involved through volunteering, or or if he pays them out of his own pocket, and the, and they see the joy that it spreads and 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 provides for these people who are in, in you know dire circumstances, and then they want to continue on that path too. Mm-hmm. Tell me about.
3: Let, let me just let me just integrate here real fast <laughs> about that story about that young man Bradley. Um, this is how you believe in miracles. This little boy couldn't walk for six months he had a brain tumor it's a i forgot what it was called and we brought him out there on this big king chair and a float that lights up we were dj singing a whole parade of people's awesome did a fireworks show that was his favorite thing and we made it happen we actually did it twice because he asked for one more and i did it when i wasn't supposed to but i did it anyway (laughs) and um so this little boy was sitting down in the chair with his family there and he really couldn't walk at all and when the fireworks were going up, this little kid stood up and walked. His father fell to his knees, he couldn't believe it. Like a miracle of God, he got up out of that chair and held on to the fence, and just watched with a smile on his face. And that changed everything for everybody that was there. Every person that seen that young man stand up and walk when he couldn't to that fence, just to see something that in his heart and his mind, he wanted to do so that that shows you it's more than just like talking about it and being about it it's just like it's like some kind of power like god just came down and blessed this boy to walk across the street to see something for the last time mm. mind over matter it's your brain is a fabulous thing and we only use about nine percent of it and it's crazy but that boy mustered up the energy and the courage to walk across that street i'll never forget that the rest of my life
2: and that's something that you gave to his family sean it's amazing
3: yeah they're coming to the parade this weekend for another young man that we're doing on sunday in Santa marich's uh he has cancer and uh it's it's uh it's we're going to remain positive on it and we're going to do a parade sunday and it's going to be a fun time and uh the kid's going to have a great time and we're going to make it as blessed and Christmassy as possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: this is another thing that Sean and I collaborated on, Janice. Um, my sons, my son plays football, and one of his team members uh, was diagnosed with metastatic bone cancer. And actually, it's it's a miracle the way that they found it because it was due to a, a football injury. Otherwise, they wouldn't have found it in time to even be able to treat it. Um, and Sean was nice enough to put together a parade for him to inspire him to be strong let him know that we got his back and uh that there are a lot of people in the community rooting for him.
1: Mm. Well, Sean, what made you decide to do this kind of work?
2: Uh
3: I did it since I was a kid. I guess my mother put it. My mother passed away when I was 15 from skin cancer. But before that, it was like it was very traumatic for me and she always gave like always like everything was more important. You get what you give. And that's the theme that we do with Chris Kringle, too, last night on the back of our t-shirt. It says you get what you give. And it's true. So once you start doing these positive, good things, you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes a difference in your life. It actually helps you more than it does not only just the other person, but yourself and the people around you. And people don't get that. And they just stay complacent in their homes, or they don't want to donate a dollar. Or if you don't have it, get out there and do something then. Get out there and help somebody. Say, you know what? The old lady across the street can't rake her leaves. Get over there and help her rake her leaves. You know, go down the block, say, hey, Mr. So and so, you need milk from the store. Do that. Mm. You don't need a dollar to be nice and to help somebody. Oh. You can help somebody doing anything. And people need to understand that. And the world will be a lot better place, but. All they do is view negativity.
1: Yeah. Well, it's hearing stories like this one and, you know, hearing what you do. And just a simple thing like that can change somebody's day. Yeah. When did you start a Christmas Magic?
3: Uh, Charlie started it over 20-something years ago. And I jumped on about 17 years ago Okay. with uh, Dave Torella. And uh, I'm like... Uh, Right hand man here, trying to get as many kids as we can with Thursday's child. Also, we can't leave them out. That's a side group that works with Christmas magic, and we uh, we do great things. We did we did some awesome Halloween haunts in Halloween Town. We were on the local news, and uh, it was fun. We raised a lot of money and toys for kids, and we did it three years. We also did it for a Boy Scout. Remember that, Jen? The young man, we did a fundraiser for him. Yes. And the family didn't even want the money. They were so nice that we donated to the to the, uh, Boy Scouts and to the park and stuff for him. His name was Andrew. And uh, it's just every year. I can't even tell you when I started. I just started when I was little. When I was, I was just a young man, maybe 10 years old, and just started giving things to people.
1: Oh, Jen, what stands out in your mind, some of the events that you've taken part in?
2: Um, I would have to say, you know, for for the children, uh, you know, Bradley's event, this parade that he's putting on for um, for Bentley and, um, you know, really all of them. It just like I said, I don't know anybody else that can really fireworks are illegal here that can at the drop of a hat. on a firework show and you know have all of the um elected officials and the agencies and law enforcement involved and and be able to do it in a legitimate and safe way i mean that really stands out as we
3: we also and we try to do every holiday like we do a big easter thing and we pick someone to donate to um fourth of july was ronald mcdonald's house that was fun we had tka and a bunch of people from america's got talent singing some opera people uh, it was really cool, like really fun. We had stages, music, about twenty five hundred people, raised about twelve grand. Jan- pay-
2: Janice, his Fourth of July parties are par none. Here we are in like a little backyard in Suffolk County, New York, on a, a, a residential neighborhood, and you would think the performances that were put on, you would think that we were at a Central Park concert.
1: Wow!
3: Yeah, it was pretty cool. I like to to schnazz it up with like CO2 guns and stuff like that. But every we have a good time, and it brings the people back. to people, you know, when they know they're getting good entertainment, and it's fun and safe. We never have a problem. And um, people give. Like look at Halloween Town and Mastic Beach. You know, we get a bad rap out here sometimes, you know, because unfortunately the crime's a little higher. And um, they were worried about me doing Halloween Town. We took over about 12 houses and we did Halloween, time. we decorated it and had Halloween walkthroughs on four of them. And they were bracketed towards age groups. So if you're too scared, you can go in it. We did so well, no problems. The police department was involved. We had a security company involved. It was just so much fun and so many kids came out. And I'll be honest, we had, for years I've had about 20 to 30 kids from National Honor Society get their out community service hours through me. And they loved it so much that they actually invited me to the graduation and sat me in this little VIP section. And that was one of the coolest moments because every one of them wrote a letter. It was really wild. What a great
1: story. How can people help out if they want, you know, to donate or if they nominate someone? How does that all work?
3: Well, you can nominate people. You could go on the inbox to Holiday Productions LI on Instagram. There's also links on there that you could donate money on my page, I have a, I have a, a Venmo. Um, it's Shawn Henderson 41 uh, it, I'm dressed as a Grinch. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> and um, you could also go on ChristmasMagic.org. And at the bottom, you could do an Amazon Make-A-Wish or just Make-A-Child's-Wish-Come-True on the right-hand side. You could donate to that with your credit card. On the left-hand side, you could pick a toy and make a wish and you could also contact them and myself or Charlie and just donate toys and have a good time. Mm.
2: And Janice all of the organizations that, that he works with and the links that are provided are legitimate registered 501c3s.
3: All 501c3s. Ah,
2: I'm so glad, you know, Donna
1: Called me and said I have somebody to nominate on the dean's list, and here's what he did. Uh, And and I just love stories like these ones because you know you're you're just a guy that wants to do some good in the world, and we need to hear more about that. And so I thank you, Jen, and I thank you, Sean. I know this is a busy time of year, but um, you know my my sister in law Donna was so proud to show me the pictures. she's so
3: nice. (laughs) He's so nice, your sister in law, and she was so happy. Happy when I talk to her. And she's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Go there that and put sounds exactly
2: like Donna.
3: Yeah. Right now, right now. Uh. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm going to cry.
2: <laughs> and she and, did. Know, and none of this would happen if people like Donna didn't, you know, insert themselves into situations and yes. care enough To, you know, reach out and make phone calls and and make things like this happen. So sometimes all all it does is take a little bit of caring and a call. That's exactly it. And shout out to Donna
1: because, yes, she she found out about this couple and she decided, you know what? I'm going to help them out. And and, you know, she she called you, Jen, and she made it happen. And we meet Sean. And now, you know, we know this wonderful story. And 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 I hope that we can keep in touch and and make sure that. Well,
3: listen, Janice, there's going to (laughs) be. thousands more wonderful stories if everyone out there is positive and goes and does something positive for them. Not just themselves, but the community and the people around them. And if they make a change and just even do one thing, you'll notice the difference. You Mm -hmm. know?
1: You know volunteering is 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 almost a selfish thing because you do it because it makes it, you feel good obviously it helps other people but but the the payback of just being able to help someone else is you can't even put a
3: price on that Yeah Very you can true. That's why I keep doing it. Aw. Well, Mary. It's Cr- almost like an adrenaline high. Yes. You know, you're like, okay, we did it. Next one. Next okay,
1: one. we did it. Next
3: one. Aww. And it's like you become a machine and you don't even think twice about it. But before we end this, the hardest thing, and Jen will probably agree with me, is like when you read these letters, some of them are like heartbreaking. And I don't even like to give them to the people who help me get the toys. Like we work with a lot of nurses at Northwell Health. You know, Nicole and, and another Nicole and Kim. And they really crank it out at these hospitals, the nurses. And I don't like to get – because it's sad. Some of them are heartbreaking. Mm. And you're like, dear Santa, I need socks and underwear. Like, what? You don't ask Santa for socks oh. and underwear. You ask him for toys. So then we get involved. But we vet everybody thoroughly, uh, make sure that they really do need the help. And most people – remember this, everyone that's listening – The most people that do need the help are afraid to ask for it.
1: Uh, Well, it's a a good reminder. You know, it's a good reminder. If you're sitting at home and you, I don't know, you know, you had a bad day and, you know, the, the Christmas spirit is just not with you. You can get that back by just helping someone else out. And it can be very, very simple.
3: Yeah, very true.
1: Yes. Well, you're a great example of that. And Jen, thank you so much for
3: everything, thank you, Jen, everything Jen, that you do
1: and Merry Christmas. Um,
3: and thank you, Donna.
1: <laughs> she will love it. Thank Donna, you, Donna. Love you. We love Merry you, Christmas. Donna. Thank you, Jennifer and Sean for spreading holiday joy this Christmas. It's so important to highlight people that do so much for their community. And Sean truly does it from the goodness of his heart and doesn't ever think twice if he can help someone he's just going to get it done grateful for him and the good deeds that others do every day to make others smile and maybe that story his story will inspire someone to pay it forward one small act of kindness truly can turn someone's day around